Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to the Doodlecast, or welcome if you are new. In today's episode, I will be diving straight into a big topic, which is inspiration. This topic I could go on and on and on about, probably for hours. But to start out with, I created a list of basics to help you keep on the right track and to help you stay inspired because I know personally that art block can come around any sort of corner and when it comes it hits hard. So hopefully this will help drive you guys through and even I still experience art block with all these tools and tips. So if after this you guys think you would like to hear another episode about inspiration and maybe some input from you guys please let me know and I would be happy to do a part two. But without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in because I have a long list of topics to go over today. I'm actually very excited about this one. This is the first episode where I was able to collaborate with some artists. I found some artists that I personally adore and love and asked permission if I could talk about their art and why it gives me inspiration on the cast and they said yes. So I am going to be very excited to introduce you guys to those artists and talk about them for a bit. So stay tuned for that. But the first piece of advice I can ultimately give is don't be afraid to go back to your roots when it comes to art and drawing and inspiration. And by that, I mean, don't be afraid to go back to One Direction, in my case, or whatever got you to start drawing and just redo and rethink and maybe even see how that similar interest has grown. Like my love for One Direction eventually turned into my love for all things music. I love many different bands, many different genres. So that kind of developed and sometimes I'll actually just listen to a song and instead of drawing maybe the music video or that specific person, I'll draw what I envision going on maybe in my own version of the music video or sometimes personally, I'm able to just visualize how a song looks. That sounds weird, but I can't pronounce the word that goes with it. It starts with Syntha something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just very bad at enunciation with this word. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Look it up. Just trust me on this one. <laughs> but the same thing goes for the cartoons you loved as a kid or maybe the shows you liked or the dolls you liked. Personally, I still make Monster High fan art all the time. Obviously it's very popular now, but when I was younger, I adored Monster High so much and I was always the kid who had their dolls for the last minute because not necessarily I was always playing with them, but I more enjoyed looking at them aesthetically and I enjoyed the craftsmanship and I enjoyed the creativity of the designer. And I like to keep those things around like dolls and figures. Again, not necessarily to play with, but more as a inspiration piece just because I am such a visual person. Like personally, my current obsession with doll lines, because I still do collect, um, is Rainbow High. That is a doll line that is super inspiring to me. I love the art style. I love the character design. The little webisodes are adorable. So even then, something that I started out drawing, which is Monster High and everything, I still draw and I still have my love for those root things and I can always reference back to that as something if I'm just not feeling inspired. Another thing to think about is aesthetics and what aesthetics you're into. What do you like to see visually in a person or what do you like to see visually in a piece of art is what I mean by aesthetics if you're unfamiliar with the word. Though it's 2021, I assume most people are. <laughs> if you're like me, then 
I am very eclectic when it comes to my tastes and aesthetics. I really love cute kawaii decora aesthetics. I really love bright popping colors, but at the same time, I'm a huge horror movie fan and I adore gore and monsters and the dark side of things too. So I tend to flip-flop from one end of the spectrum to another, which in times can help, but I always try to step away from my usual either like super happy cheery or like goth sides and go for a little something unusual. Uh, sometimes I'll try and do more angelic or demonic things that aren't necessarily gory or cute. They're just more in that royal fantasy aesthetic. So trying to step out of your comfort zone and trying out new aesthetics can help a lot, but also Tying in with my next point, you can make aesthetic boards on things like Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, whatever you have. And that is a huge help for me. It won't even be a drawing necessarily sometimes. I will just have a picture that I found of a friend of mine who's wearing a cute outfit. I'm like, oh, I like that outfit. It could go with this and this and this and this. So like I said in the last episode, my art usually is referenced from a lot of little pictures, a lot of little different features. So even if it's just one singular detail in a picture, something minuscule, but it really just lights something up inside of you, go for it, save it, and you'll be able to look back at it later and maybe even have a different perspective on it. My personal favorites to use for social media are Instagram and Pinterest. That's just because I am such a visual person. Also, I tend to not like the drama and stuff like that. I keep up with it, obviously. I'm 19 and again, 2021 post-quarantine, obviously I do. But obviously, as everyone knows, it can affect your mental health very negatively. So I actually have separate accounts for like personal work and then art. So that way I can kind of filter out what I see depending on what I want to see. Because I find that if you mesh personal and art or personal and drama or art and drama, it can affect you and affect the quality of your work. Like I said in the first episode, your mental state is very reflective in your art. So on those sites, I find it more easy to stay out of drama. Obviously Pinterest. I don't think Pinterest actually has quote unquote drama. I know Instagram does, but usually I just kind of like look at the picture and it's somebody like, oh my God, stepsister killed my ex-husband's ex-wife's ex-fish's dog question mark. And I just kind of unfollow them and scroll. So it's a bit easier than Twitter when you're reading something and you just kind of want to keep shoveling popcorn in your face. Like, damn, this is juicy. <laughs> Plus on Instagram especially, I have found it a lot easier to be able to talk with other artists on that platform. I don't know why, but that's just personally what's worked out best for me. Others probably have had different experiences. I know that a lot of not safe for work artists usually go to Twitter just because Twitter is more flexible with their terms of service than Instagram when it comes to nudity and things like that. So it also depends on your subject matter, but personally, I highly suggest starting with just Instagram and Pinterest as a basic. Most of the artists that I am friends with or I am mutuals with, I actually started out by meeting on Instagram and they are all super sweet. Plus I also like when you can post a picture and then have that caption right there. I don't know why, but the format's very pleasing to me. I'm not sponsored again by Instagram or anything. It's just my personal preference is all. I also think generational wise, it's just what was the big social media when I grew up. So 
that'll probably end up being like the Facebook for the generation younger than me. So it all depends really. <laughs> but aside from me feeling like a 54 year old man, even though I'm 19, I am gonna get started into talking about which artist on these platforms really inspired me the most. I just chose my top three and they're in no particular order. I just absolutely adore their styles and I really appreciate their kindness towards me and their inspiration that they fed me. So this is also a little thanks to them for giving me so much inspiration and drive to continue doing art because what you guys do are absolutely stunning. First, I am going to talk about a more well-known artist called Used Band-Aid and they are on Instagram. They are the creator of Lore Olympus for my webtoon fans out there. That currently is my favorite comic in the entire world. <laughs> I have always been a huge fan of Greek mythology and as soon as I found this, I immediately was in love, first of all, just by the storytelling alone. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with the comic, Lore Olympus follows Persephone and the original legend of Persephone, but brought into modern day times and brought into the perspective of the gods. It's extremely beautiful. It's the most fabulous drawn comic I have ever seen in my entire life. I could geek about this so much. And this is sort of an excuse to just geek about it a tiny, tiny bit. But the picture I'm referencing currently, I am going to put onto today's episode cover art. So you guys can kind of follow along with me as I am talking about these specific pieces. But the one I am currently looking at is of Persephone, our main character. And I'm not going to spoil anything about this scene. I just chose one that I thought was particularly breathtaking and she is in this gorgeous gown. Her hair is long and majestic and flowy and there's not too many strong details if you notice. Now that might sound harsh at first, but she is able to do so much with so little detail yet portray a large idea. And to me, that is fantastic. If you are able to portray something gorgeous and astounding without having to do much detail work, then that is at the same time doing so much detail work without doing anything. It's so confusing and fascinating to me. Her dress is not really shaded or anything like that. She has that pink cover on and it's really just one tone with a texture over top of it but I adore it. I love the different textures on it because personally, when I look at an image, I almost feel it. And I like the feel of the different textures on top of one another from the blue background to her hair, to her striped dress, to her main drape. I think that that's absolutely gorgeous to start out with. Second of all, I love her monochromatic color schemes with a lot of the gods and goddesses in this comic, she tends to use monochromatic color schemes to help represent them. Like Hera, she is yellow, um, Apollo's purple, Hades is blue, things like that. And they also represent things like themes and literature and overarching values, which sounds confusing if you're not familiar with the concept. But what I mean is each color kind of has emotions associated with it. Pink is a very happy springtime color. She's the goddess of spring. Blue is usually a darker, sad tone. Hades, god of the underworld. So just in these subtle color choices, she is able to already bring across the mood and the overall 
feel of the character, which I love. Again, she's using so much detail without using any detail at all. And that's amazing to me. But what overall inspires me about Use Band-Aid, yes, I realize that that's not her actual name. Obviously that is just her Instagram name. But personally, if I was not given permission by the person to address them by the name, I'm just gonna address them by their username. It's the fact that she is able to portray such grand stories with just these illustrations alone. Her storytelling and her writing is impeccable, but really I feel like you could take out the words and just the illustrations alone would be enough to portray what she's talking about. She uses a lot of symbolism, which I adore personally, being a literary nerd, 100% chef's kiss. <laughs> Though everything is very fluid in her illustrations and they easily lead from one into the other and it doesn't feel like there's any dramatic pauses or stops, even between the different storylines when you're going through. It's very fluid and I adore that. Personally, for me, somebody with ADD, it is hard to follow along with something that's very choppy. If there are random things that just pop up here and there without explanation, to me, that hurts my head. That hurts my brain. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but I just am automatically taken aback by it. But she is able to bring up new things and new plots and just using her illustration and her transitions in the comic is very easily able to make them related to one another. And personally, that is something I adore. I don't wanna to ramble too much about her just because I am such a nerd. <laughs> this whole episode could just be about my love for this comic, but I digress. I am going to move on to our next artist. Now, I may pronounce her username incorrectly, and if I pronounce anybody's username incorrectly, I am deeply sorry. I am not somebody who is very good at enunciation, if you haven't noticed already. So my apologies in advance if I don't say your username correctly, but Meho Shujo, <laughs> that's spelled M-A-H-O-U dot S-H-O-U-J-O. Or as I'm gonna be referring to her as Mary, has such an aesthetically pleasing feed. If you wanna talk about pleasing aesthetics, you need to check out her page. It's so nice and clean. I love it. Most of her art are very kawaii and fantasy themed and already that is somebody out from my heart alone. <laughs> but she uses Procreate also like I do and manages to make her art crisp and clean and extremely bright, which I adore. It's so phenomenal. And for my fellow Procreate users out there, she actually posts a lot of Procreate tips. So that is fantastic. She actually posted one that I use all the time now. Uh, it's a how to make, and again, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, but Boken Lights, for those who are familiar with Procreate, but in the form of hearts, and it's good to use in romantic scenes and everything. It's the most adorable thing in the world. I highly suggest checking that out alone. Now the picture that we are going to be referencing for her art is her Cherry Blossom Witch, which again is going to be posted with the other ones on today's episode art. But the moment you look at this, you can tell it's extremely magical. Again, she did use more of a monochromatic color scheme on this one, though a lot of her drawings use super bright, vibrant colors. But the fact that she was able to use a basic color palette of pink and purple in this and still make it look so vibrant 
is gorgeous in my opinion. I love the luminescence on the dress and in the lanterns. I feel like it's absolutely gorgeous. The aesthetic overall is fantastic. To me, it honestly looks like it just came from a comic just because of the background. And I love how it's in different sections. Again, a little unique detail that she just decided to be like, hey, why not? And everything goes together seamlessly. I personally love it when you're able to create artwork that has a focal point without necessarily being something that jumps out. You can tell that the focal point is her and her dress and her standing there in that magical forest wherever she is but it doesn't necessarily take away from the beautiful details that she's on the lanterns and on the background itself which i love mary also has a kofi where she actually sells procreate brushes and things like that i believe she actually has a free pack because i know i downloaded one of them i think it was her sparkles pack and again, I use that all the time in my drawings. So overall, she's a fantastic artist. She loves to share her knowledge to everyone else. And I highly suggest checking her out. She is someone who's inspired me, who has taught me. And when talking to her about the podcast, she was so sweet, so on board. So 10 out of 10 would recommend it. Definitely go check her out. And for the final artist I'm going to be featuring today, her name is Maid Fetish, aka Gem. And yes, by the sound of that, this artist definitely does focus on a lot more adult themes, things like that. So user beware, but she doesn't do anything in a vulgar sense. All of her artwork, all of the things she does are very elegant and classy. And that is really what I'm going to get into when I talk about her artwork. Most of her drawings are of women, and some contain a small amount of nudity, but when she draws, she doesn't do it in a way that slut shames women or slut shames people. It's in a way that's empowering, and it brings beauty to something that some people see as wrong or taboo, especially in women love women relationships. She does shine a lot of light on those, and as somebody who's LGBT myself and born a woman, that is so empowering to me just because in the media and in art in general, women and women relationships are considered to be normalized, but only in pornography. In romance and things like that, it's still considered a taboo. But if you watch lesbian porn, hey, it's not a big deal. So I really like how she shines light on the romance and the beauty of it without slut shaming or degrading the person in any way. In the piece I'm referencing right now, it is Harley and Ivy. Personally, I love DC more than Marvel. I'm just going to come out and say it right now before people find out and bang down my window. Please don't do that. <laughs> but I've always loved DC and I've always loved Harley Quinn. I've been reading her comics since I was a wee angsty teen and I love the way she draws these two. She draws them all the time. It fills a special place in my heart for the Harley-Ivy relationship. The lines are so clean and beautiful and the motion is very romantic, yet it does have a sensual undertone to it that I really, really, really love. My little heart is pounding. I can't get enough of her style, truly. 
She also creates her own costumes and designs based off of the original characters and doesn't necessarily always draw them the way that their canon is. And I love that. She is actually also a huge inspiration for me on clothing design and how to draw clothes on people personally. So that is where I get a lot of that inspiration from. But overall, she has such a wide variety of body types and colors and different kinds of people that absolutely inspire me so much in her art. Now, she also has a coffee, so definitely go check her out. And I highly, highly suggest giving her a follow if you wanna see some absolutely jaw-dropping, beautiful illustrations. So those are a look at a couple different people that inspire me on Instagram. I will make sure to include all of their usernames in the description of this episode. But for my final piece of advice for inspiration, all I really have to say is don't force yourself to create if you're not in the mood to create. It is absolutely okay to take a break no matter how long it is. If you just need something to boost your mental health, art can be challenging. Art is fun, but like I said, once it stops being fun for you, maybe it's time to take a step back. And if you're feeling more frustrated than you are inspired, you might just need to set down the pencil or whatever you do, take a step back and think about it. Sometimes those pauses can actually give you the best inspiration. Once you've had time to think and once you've had time to really sort things over, that can be so mentally refreshing. Because if you push yourself too hard, then eventually the art that you make isn't going to reflect your best self. It's just going to be all out of anger and you're more likely to be self-critical of it. But even worse than feeling pooped from art is having art block because you want to create but you have absolutely no idea what you want to do. Let me tell you, I mentioned it in the last episode, but it is hard for everyone. No matter what kind of art you create, everyone goes through an art block at some point. My personal tricks are usually to start out by redoing old drawings. Being able to compare your progress from then to now is the coolest thing to me. That honestly boosts my self-esteem a lot, boosts my confidence a lot, and it makes me feel like I'm getting closer to my goals. So right off the bat, that's something extremely positive that you can do. This one may sound a little weird, but hang on. <laughs> it's actually drawing yourself, taking pictures of yourself in unique poses, selfies, pictures with friends, whatever you have, candids. That is an amazing form of practice because at the end of the day, nobody knows your body better than you do. So you'll be able to really focus on the small details. Like somebody else might not notice it, but I have a small mole below my lip that I notice. So it's just those tiny details that can help you pick up on other details when you're using references. Now, some of you may be saying, but Marshall, I have low self-confidence. Don't we all? <laughs> I don't think I'm beautiful every single day. Don't get me wrong. There have been days where I've had art block and I did this and I looked at a picture of myself and I was like, God damn, I feel awful. But once you're done with the drawing, it really does help your self-confidence in the end, even with how you view yourself. Because when you're looking at a picture through an artistic eye, nine times out of 10, you're looking for the best qualities or the most unique 
features that that person or that subject has. So you notice little things about yourself that maybe you didn't really think about before. Like you have a really nice nose or your profile's fantastic. Just small things that you're like, hey, not too shabby. So it even helps boost your confidence the way that you see yourself, even if it's just the tiniest bit. But usually my last stitch effort is to do a doodle dump. I will actually be putting my doodle dump with the other artists that I'm going to be featuring. So this is going to be the last one, probably the bottom right corner. <laughs> if not, then my apologies. It's whichever one I haven't talked about yet. You'll figure it out. It's my breakfast with the fairies print. And that's actually one of my most popular prints on Redbubble. But believe it or not, I actually did that when I was having really bad art block. The rules for the doodle dump are very simple and straightforward. Think of the first category that comes to mind. Any category at all, food, shoes, people, animals, literally anything. And even if you're having trouble coming up with that, text somebody and say, hey, give me a category. Personally, mine was cottagecore in this drawing. And the first three to 10 things you think about, you have to draw on this. Now it doesn't necessarily need to be something where everything's interacting. It could just be random splotches on a piece of paper, but it's also about exercising your artistic ability in being able to draw something that you might not typically draw because usually the first thing that I think of isn't something that I would normally draw. Normally my subject matter are people, but in this case, cottagecore, I was thinking frogs, cake, teacups, gnomes, things like that. So it challenged me to draw something new, but also to think of either a way they could all be interacting or a pattern that would look aesthetically pleasing. And actually best case scenario with this kind of stuff, you end up maybe drawing one or two things and then all of a sudden you're inspired and you draw a whole scene that might not even be related to the doodle dump. That is the whole goal of the doodle dump is that it eventually just kind of jogs your memory and you come up with something on the fly. But if it just ends up being random patterns and sketches just to kind of get your, your mind flowing, that's totally fine. Like I said, this was just a little doodle that I did and I didn't even really like it at first when I finished it, but I posted it anyway and I posted it to my Redbubble and it actually was very popular. So you never know. If you want a bonus challenge, you could also ask another person separate from the one that you already did and ask them to send you a random color palette and whatever they give you, that's what you have to color the scene with. No matter if the theme was Gothic and they gave you a pastel color palette, you have to somehow translate that. That can also be super fun. I tried doing it one time and somebody gave me clown core and very depressing, not necessarily goth, but more like beige, very boring tones. So these were some very boring clowns. It was very weird, but it gave me a lot of inspiration. That's actually how I made one of my little clown OCs. Though later I did change the color palette back to regular clown core aesthetic. <laughs> But that is my what I consider brief synopsis of how to keep inspiration going and flowing and where to find it at. Like I said in the beginning, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know and I would be more than happy to do a part two. Please be sure to go and check out all of the artists that I've mentioned in today's episode. Give them a follow, give them a like, tell them that Marshall sent you, and leave me a comment on one of my social media posts letting me know where you find inspiration at. But my rambles aside, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of the Doodlecast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are staying hydrated if you're binging this. 
be sure to follow and share with your friends. Definitely get the word out about the Doodlecast. I'm already so happy with the amount of people that have already checked it out. So let's keep that ball rolling. Make sure to check me out at boo.doodles on my social media page. And I will see you guys in the next episode of the Doodlecast. Thanks again and doodle on!